Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I want to start things off today by saying something that, to you, may seem so obvious that you'll wonder, you might even wonder, why am I saying it? But something deep inside me tells me that this needs to be said, and it's the following. There's no substitute for speaking practice. There's no substitute for speaking practice. I made a TikTok the other day, and I said in the TikTok video that writing practice can feed your spoken fluency, because if you can write about something clearly, it clarifies your thoughts about the topic you wrote about, which makes it easier to talk about that topic. And someone wrote a comment on that TikTok saying, this is comforting because I write a lot. Maybe one day this writing practice I do will trans- tr- will help me speak fluently and will transfer over over to my spoken fluency. And something about the way she wrote the comment made me think that maybe this person isn't even doing any speaking practice. So while writing, for example, is something that can help feed your spoken fluency, you have to actually do speaking, speaking practice. You still have to do it. I'll give you another example. You'll, if you are someone who, who consumes a lot of content about language learning, one of the things you might hear is that listening practice will, well, listening and reading, so input, let's call it, input, aka listening and reading, can feed your spoken fluency. This is true. But you still have to do speaking practice. Think of it like this. Here's a great analogy, a great visual for you. Imagine that speaking practice is a li- speaking is a living organism. There's a there's a living organism called speaking. Okay? He's a s- tall creature and his name is Mr. Speaking, okay? Writing and listening and reading is kind of like food for Mr. Speaking. Mr. Speaking needs to eat otherwise Mr. Speaking will die. <laughs> okay? I know this might sound kind of funny, but bear with me. So you do a lot of listening, you do a lot of reading, you do some writing. So this is the equivalent of feeding Mr. Speaking. You're giving him lettuce, you're giving him steak and beans and rice and dessert, and you're giving him liquids to drink. You're, you're giving this individual things to consume so that he doesn't die. But here's the thing, Mr. Speaking, Mr. Speaking needs to speak. Mr. Speaking needs to open his mouth. Otherwise, Mr. Speaking just stands there and he never gets to speak. And for crying out loud, his name is Mr. Speaking. Mr. Speaking wants to speak. So open your mouth and let Mr. Speaking speak. Open your mouth and let him speak. There's no substitute for speaking. Yes, everything else feeds it. Yes, it supports it. Yes, it helps. Yes, reading will help. Vocabulary helps. Yes, flashcards can help, writing will help, listening. All of that is like food for Mr. Speaking. But Mr. Speaking wants to speak. He needs to speak. Otherwise, he doesn't get good at speaking. Mr. Speaking is a guy... Have you ever met those people that are talkative and extroverted, but they have no social skills? So they like to talk and they like to be with people, but they have zero social skills? Well, Mr. Speaking is like that. If you don't give Mr. Speaking a chance to speak... He's not very good at speaking. He's not very clear. He's not very concise. The words don't come to his mind. And Mr. Speaking, if you haven't got the memo, is actually just 
an analogy for you. If you don't speak, you won't be very good at talking. You won't be, you won't be very fluent. You won't be able to express yourself. I know it's a silly analogy, but this is how my brain works, guys. <laughs> I'll give you a little podcast exclusive. I've never said this out loud. I never actually thought I would say this out loud. So we'll see how clearly I can articulate my thoughts. I have these, I have, I will create imaginary people that guide my actions. I will create imaginary people that guide my actions. I've called this person various things at different points in my life. In fact, I'll change him based on what I think this ideal person is. So I used to call him Ideal Azrin. So I would ask myself, what would Ideal Azrin, what would Ideal Azrin do in this situation? That's what I'd ask myself. And then the answer would always pop into my mind. Ideal Azrin would do this. I'd be like, oh, duh. In this situation, Ideal Azrin would do that. Oh, cool. Now I know what to do. And right now, this imaginary person that I've created... And this came out of a, this came out of like some form of a meditation is where this came out of. But right now he's called Dragon Azarin. I know it's weird, but hey, it works for me. And it's a different Dragon Azarin than before. So before it was more of a dragon armored Azarin. Like I would wear in my mind, I would wear this dragon scaled armor. And I'd have this like sword and this like these shoulder pads and a helmet and a mask. I, I had this imaginary armor. And this was this other entity that in my mind was called Dragon Azarin. And Dragon Azarin would be my guide if I needed to know how to act in a certain situation or how to solve a problem, I would speak to Dragon Azarin. And Dragon Azarin would tell me what to do. It was very it was very helpful. I still have this Dragon Azarin, but he's a little different now. Dragon Azarin is now this big, pretty monstrous black dragon. Pretty monstrous looking black dragon. And it's hard to put into words, but it's some kind of large black dragon that also transforms into a dragon-like human, but it's also black and kind of scary. Scary, majestic, powerful, a little bit almost evil in a way. Not quite evil. It's not really evil. It's not the right word, but there's a aura around this dragon. And I don't know where this dragon comes from, but this is something that my subconscious and in my meditations, I've realized this is the, this is now the version of Azrin that I have to consult. So right now, Dragon Azrin, this black Dragon Azrin, is right here, like literally here. I could feel. You guys might think I'm crazy, but I can literally. I'm purposely, consciously having this Dragon Azrin here while I make this podcast. So that's that. I think it has something to do with. Dragons being powerful, they they command respect, they are dangerous, they're strong, they fly, they have magic. And I don't know, something about that has been very helpful recently. This dragon Azrin won't be the guide forever, it'll change. My hypothesis as of right now is that different different kind of imaginary people are my guides in a sense at different points in time because the things that I'm struggling with mentally require a different type of guide. So I can already feel inside me that there's probably going to be a time where my guide is a hedgehog, a fluffy little hedgehog. A 
And you might think, what the heck? Where's that coming from? Well, hedgehogs are cute, they're fluffy, they're kind, they're nice, they're lovable, and that might be a side of me that I may want to feed or, or I need to listen to more frequently. And right now I feel like there's a dragon side of me that needs to be driving the, this vehicle for the time being. Probably as I'm psychoanalyzing myself on this podcast, it probably has to do with these changes at the Calgary Language Nerds. It requires a lot of courage. It requires me to speak clearly. It requires me to be sharp, intelligent. Um, I need to work hard. I have to move quickly. So this dragon might be subconsciously what my brain conjured up as a guide for myself. So there's that. Now, I forget how the heck we got on this topic, but here we are. <laughs> anyway, so there's no substitute for speaking. There's none for it. What? There's no substitute whatsoever. The last thing I want to talk about on this podcast today has to do with consistency. I find a lot of language learners struggle with consistency. They have a difficult time. And these language learners, what they tend to do is they use a resource for a short period of time and then they stop. They buy a textbook, they use it for three weeks, they stop. They download an audio-based program, they use it for two weeks, then they stop. They download a new app, they use it for a month, and they stop. It's rare for this type of person to use a resource, a single resource, for more than a month. Because the initial energy fizzles out. At least that's my experience. And there's a variety of reasons as to why this can happen. We could probably sit here together for a whole hour talking about the different reasons as to why this happens, analyze it, discuss it. But ultimately, it comes down to one of two things for the majority of people. It's either lifestyle or personality. Or I'm sorry, I, miss, I, I misspoke. Lifestyle or psychology. Let's talk about these. Lifestyle means that there's something about your lifestyle which makes it difficult for you to be consistent. I'll give you an example. I used to work 60 to 80 hours a week at my old line of work. At the same time, I wasn't sleeping enough and I wasn't. my nutrition was terrible. It was also a high-stress job. So I was tired all the time. I actually had very little time because I worked 60 to 80 hours a week and I wasn't sleeping as much as I should, and I wasn't taking care of my body. So that's a problem. That means that you don't. I didn't have the energy, and I didn't really have the time to do any kind of language study, or very, very little. So that's an example of lifestyle. That's a lifestyle that made it difficult for me to be consistent with the language. Let's talk about personality. Something you may want to look into is a personality test called the Big Five. I believe it's called the Big Five Personality Test. You can go to... Under, I believe the website is understandmyself.com. It might be understandingmyself.com. Try those. Try both of those. You'll find it. Um, it's, I think, a $9 test, $9 or $10. So you have to pay for it. But it's one of the few personality tests that is actually based on research. It's a research-based test made by a grad, I think a couple of grad students and a university professor. And they spent years developing it. There have been over 10,000 different people that have taken it. They've done lots of tests with it. They've used it for different purposes for academic studies. Um, and it's a research-based test, which many personality tests, based on my understanding, are not research-based. So I've taken this test, and it was very helpful. And so one of the, one of the personality traits that you may be low in if you're struggling with consistency is conscientiousness. Conscientiousness breaks down into two sub-traits, according to this personality test. 
One is orderliness. How orderly are you? The other one is industriousness. How industrious are you? And so conscientiousness is a mix of those two traits. So if you're very disorderly, in other words, you're disorganized, you might be, you might have a difficult time organizing your schedule to find time to study. If you are low in industriousness, if you're low in industriousness, you may not have a drive within you to be industrious with language learning. And so you don't have any motivation to study because you don't have that drive. So that might be it. Um, there are other personality traits that could also impact it. And you can take the test, you can research it, do your research. But ultimately, personalities, I'm sorry, not personality, psychological factors can be one reason as to why you struggle to be consistent. Now, that might be personality. It could be insecurities you have. It could be a fear of failure. There's so many things it could be. But I think the first step is to figure out, is it a psychological challenge, which could break into personality. It could break into insecurities. It could break into many different subcategories. But is it psychology or is it lifestyle? Or maybe it's both. I think the first step is to figure out what category you find yourself in. From there, you can start to find a solution. Now, for today's podcast, I don't, we're not going to go through each and every different possibility it might be for you. But one general piece of advice that I think is a, a sound piece of advice is to not try to change the problem overnight. Don't try to change the problem overnight. And by overnight, I mean in the short term. Don't try to change the problem in the short term. You can't make big changes fast. It doesn't tend to happen. That's my experience anyway. Large changes in lifestyle or psychology are tend to be, in my experience, in my experience, they tend to be gradual. Aim for gradual change over a long period of time. Because if you get 2% better every week, that compounds over time. That compounds. And in, in two years, four years, one year, you don't, you're a completely different person. You're better than you used to be. So aim for a long-term incremental change that you commit to. Don't aim for something overnight and a quick fix. I don't think the quick fix will work. So let's wrap this podcast up here. A reasonably short one, just under 15 minutes. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night, morning, daytime, afternoon, evening, whatever it is for you. And uh, we'll speak soon. Bye for now. See you.